Damn Fine TV would like to take a moment and thank all of our lovely patrons for your continued support. We don't know what we'd do without you, and you continue to blow us straight out of the way. So for this month, we put together a little fun song for everybody, and uh, here we go. Alyssa and Alex, Ivy Craig and Patrick Norman, Jen and Coral too. Jeremiah and Michael, there's Kyle and Evan, Jenny, Jess, Amelia, woo! You're all damn fine patrons, and we want to say thank, thank you! you. <laughs> Yay! We did it! Thank you, patrons. We love you guys, and here's to many more months together. Hey, cheers! cheers. <laughs> It will be a place both wonderful and strange. I'll see you again in Georgie. Have yours meanwhile. Telling Gordon to get his own fucking coffee for once. I'm Jay. Waking up from another Monica Bellucci dream. I'm Michael. This is Deputy Dave reporting for duty. And like the Blue Rose, not a natural thing. I'm Mel's. Welcome to Damn Fine TV's Twin Peaks Rewatch. This week we're covering The Return Part 14, sometimes known as We Are Like the Dreamer, or as we're calling it, Jack Rabbit's Palace. Listeners, we've got our green gloves, our cheese sandwiches, and some soil in our pockets, so you really don't want to fuck with us. Now let's rock. This episode first aired on August 13th, 2017. It was written by Mark Frost and David Lynch and directed by David Lynch. Can you believe it? (laughs) (laughs) I can believe it. And if you can believe it, listeners, I'm sure you also can because you heard it in the intro. We finally have Michael and Dave from the Center Cut back on the show. Welcome back, you guys. Thank you so much for having us. It's been like over 20 episodes, which is, it's just not okay. Let's, we can't let it happen again. We can't. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, we tried. We tried very hard to get Mm -hmm. you guys on early in the season. It just didn't work out. But I'm, I kind of like it because now we get to hear about Dave's journey through so much of Twin Peaks. Like, I'm like mid season two up until almost all the way through the return. So, Dave, like, How's this journey been? Oh, it has been a journey. That's for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, so I will, uh, I'll come clean early here in that, you know, life got in the way, procrastination got in the way, and I hadn't watched really anything from, from maybe a few episodes after where we left off up until four days ago. I have watched about 24 episodes of Twin Peaks in four days. Oh, are you okay? Um, (laughs) First question is, are you okay? I mean, I don't think I'm ever going to sleep again. (laughs) Like, that's fine. It has been been quite a journey. That encompassed quite a few pretty crazy episodes. The one that stands out in my mind is the one that I watched... Um, very late last night, which was episode eight um, or part eight. Got a light. <laughs> so that was actually the one I watched right before I went to bed last night or rather didn't go to bed last night. 
It was at about 3.30 in the morning that I finished that one up. Wow. Uh, Yeah. And then I got up at seven again this morning and started, started back up right after that. So, (laughs) so yeah, it was, um, yeah, I, I kind of crammed it. You've been on a real marathon, like an actual binge watch. Yeah, I I procrastinated like crazy. Yeah, let's let's not look at it as as, uh, procrastination. Look at it as dedication. dedication. I like that. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. you know what? For that, you get this. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yes, I do appreciate that. (laughs) So I do have some feelings. I I was actually a little disappointed because I was really starting to become a fan of this show. Uh, towards the end of season two, mm-hmm. the finale left a little to be desired, I think, for for me personally of season two. But the return has been a little disappointing for me. I think okay. uh, there there have been some some notable parts that that I've I've enjoyed, but there's particularly just the the journey of Coop right now of real Coop that is extremely frustrating for me. And I can't imagine what it would have felt like as a fan of the show, watching that for the first time, 25, 26 years later after the original and having it be 14 episodes so far and still not being normal coop, which would have driven me as a a fan waiting 25 years to watch it. Just absolutely insane. Um, So, so that is kind (laughs) of driving me a little crazy. And especially Mm -hmm. since I came right off of like, you know, really solid agent Cooper and everybody at the end. And then of course, you know, there are people missing, which is a little sad in the return, you know, you don't, you don't get hairy and and stuff like that, but, um, but it is kind of, it's, it's nice to see certain characters kind of popping up um, after, after 25 years, but, but yeah, I think that's kind of where I stand as of right now. I really understand exactly what you're saying, because if you go back to listen to our coverage, when we were doing two episodes at a time, I was, I was fully transparent. I enjoyed what I was seeing in the return. I liked the vibe of the return, but I was getting really pissed about the Cooper stuff. I was, didn't give a shit about Dougie. I was like, I don't fucking care about this guy. I want Cooper back. (laughs) Uh, I fully understand it. And it's really taken another rewatch of the return for me to, for me to actually start appreciating all these other things that I was really shitting on, to be honest, like when I was first watching the return. So all of that is valid. I, I'm a huge Twin Peaks fan. So Yeah, maybe I'll just take the next two days and just rewatch the entire the, <laughs> the entire return. I'll check um, in on you again yeah, and yeah. make sure you're okay <laughs> again. Yeah, yeah. I'll check that I'm I'm all right on Wednesday. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're definitely not alone in thinking that. I think a lot of people were frustrated with that particular story arc. But what about part fourteen? What did you think of this episode, Dave? Yeah. So I'd say you know it did kind of deliver on. Um, some advancement, definitely some advancement in the story because it did feel like there were a few early return episodes that like not a whole lot really happened. I guess they were kind of setting the stage for where the world existed now. This episode was very, um, you know, had a lot going on, but it was very, it was very Lynchian in that way. But yeah, this uh, of of all the returns episode I've watched so far, this is probably probably up there as one of the ones that I like the most just because of the wow. exposition and the information that we're learning and things like that. But it's true. So much happens. It feels like kind of a pivotal episode in that manner. Like we do get kind of some info dumps, especially at the Mm. beginning there with the Blue Rose Task Force and everything. But 
yeah, I mean, like, we get a talk about Tulpa's, Diane's possible connection to Dougie, Chad's arrest, info on Nido, Freddie's story, something's up with Sarah. Like, there's so many developments. So I should have I should have known that you, yeah, <laughs> something is definitely up. But I should have <laughs> known that that, like, more plot kind of driven stuff would maybe hook you. So I'm happy to yeah, hear that. Yeah, it did feel good to kind of learn a little bit more about about kind of some of the the characters and where where people stand and what's yeah. going on. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I agree. What did you think, Michael? I love this episode. This is this is definitely a top three return episode for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say top 10 or t- top five to 10 overall uh, episode of the sh- series. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Mr. C. So the fact that he's not in this episode hmm. at all is is good for me. Mel's is out. <laughs> I, so when I say I'm yeah, not a Mel's fan puts- of him, like... Yes, he's, he's doable, but but I mean, like, <laughs> as okay, as good. Glad we got person, that out of the way. Never yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, at, I mean, he's clearly a bad dude, and I just yeah. don't, I don't know, I just don't want to see him. I, I want to see okay. him. That's so I, I, I like that about this episode. And then you know, the whole Jack Rabbit's Palace sequence is like its whole thing. Yeah, and you know, and then like you said, there's all the other things moving the plot forward. And then it ends with the Sarah. It, there's just there's so many cool parts just a good episode i really forgot how much happens in this episode like it was just one thing after the other Mm -hmm. glad you brought up mr c because it it's such a pivotal episode and yet kyle mclaughlin is only in it by a flashback or dream sequence and he's not even Mm -hmm. really in the dream sequence it's like his body half of his head so that's super interesting but yeah anyways yeah mel's what about you well hold on making sure my pulse is back from uh (laughs) This Mr. C hate. <laughs> I, oh gosh, just everything that happens in this episode tickles my fancy. That's the best way I can put it. Like the Jack Rabbits stuff, the stuff with Sarah, the stuff with Albert and Gordon and Diane, the flashback, all of it, the way it ends. And yeah, now David Lynch isn't going to fill <laughs> those certain holes for us, but so much is kind of just peppered in or just here and there that you can start to really think about, you know, where things start maybe intertwining or how this could be a reference to another character that we maybe haven't seen enough of yet or much of. And I'm talking about Audrey. We'll get to that. That's not spoilery. Mm. So yeah, one of my top episodes that I love as well. I mean, from front to end, there's just no bad part of it to me. In Buckhorn, Gordon calls Twin Peaks. Confused by the vacation habits of the Brennan family, he speaks with Frank about the missing pieces from Laura's diary and the possibility of two coops. Yeah, I think this sets the tone for the entire episode, right? Like, it's kind of comedic, but already it's just like, here's some info. Let's go. We're just diving right in. The the comedic part of this before we got into the info dumping was great because it's Lucy who is always at the center of the comedic relief nine times out of 10 in Twin Peaks. Um, But yeah, just the fact that Gordon is yelling, she hasn't talked to him in so many years, but she already is like, oh, well, there you are, Gordon Cole. Uh, We did this part uh, 14 as a live stream with our patrons for April. And it was very, all I could think about, and I brought it up on that, and that is available on our Patreon, um, obviously, but is, I can never, no matter what multiverse, time, sphere, space, conundrum we are in, time, space, continuity, whatever you call that thing out there, 
Do I ever see the Brennans in Bora Bora? No. Forget it. <laughs> Forget it. I no. even Googled. I don't see them vacationing outside of uh-uh. Washington. No. I Googled. I did geography, everyone. I did homework. I want you all to listen to this. And I looked up Bora Bora and I said, there is no way these two fools got on an airplane, probably with Wally in tow, and went to a small sliver <laughs> of land of, of land in the middle of an ocean. Forget it. No, I don't Not see happening. it. But and I think I think also Gordon doesn't buy it either. <laughs> <laughs> he it's like the longest awkward silence ever where he's like, hmm. Just staring at the sure phone. that didn't happen. So anyway, where's where's Sheriff Truman? Yeah, I could see them like pulling up a video of like a beach in Bora Bora on like a computer or something <laughs> and just calling that like sure. they went there. Yeah, I love They're it. They're just like sitting next to a screen. Yeah. In their like kiddie that. pool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of like you Perfect. can bring up the Yule log on your TV around Christmas time. Yep. They just brought up yeah, exactly. some sort of scenery. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, Albert brings Tammy up to speed on the origins of the Blue Rose case, and a mad window washer wrecks Gordon's world. Diane confirms Cooper mentioned Briggs 25 years ago, and then, in what is her most relatable yet, lets us all know that she don't fuck with family. Okay? I love that line. When she just, you know, we're estranged. I I hate hate her. her. (laughs) Both can be true. At the same time, I know it. Fairly well. And that's when I was like, you know what, Diane? Snap, snap. Relatable content. Yeah. Right here. Very true. <laughs> so what, what's the deal with the window washer? What is that about? What do you think? I mean, he is not a real window washer, let's face it, because that was bad. Like, that window would be so <laughs> yeah. streaky. That was not good work. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just no. all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is probably me just being, like, thinking too hard about it, but I almost wonder definitely. if it's most definitely. Well, so that's the squeakiness part of it, like that aspect. How many, how many squeakies, how many squeakies were there? <laughs> how many well, times no, they squeegee? <laughs> no, but I, I didn't count, but it does, the sound pattern of it does kind of also almost sound like the electricity sound from the intro, the, like the yeah. crackle there. It's like the same pattern. But anyway, that I almost wonder if it's there to like, it's supposed to scrub the Blue Rose Tulpa stuff from our memory. Because it's like right after that. And I just don't understand. Like, I don't understand what the hell it's there for otherwise. Like, like what's with that noise? This is why he he loves coming on your show so much. Because he can like, (laughs) he can spew this absolute nonsense. And because you guys are like, he's in company. Those lynch brains, you're like, mm, oh, those lynch brains. I never, I never thought of that. <laughs> we got I the LBs, baby. We got yeah. the LBs. I, I don't mean, even remember I c- what I just watched after listening to all those squeakies. <laughs> Straight out of my mind. Yeah, but you know what? I do kind of like it. I mean, just even even you saying like scrub it clean from our memories. That's a yeah. very good use of that language. I mean, to me, it's always been something that was purposeful to fuck specifically with Gordon. Just because it's yeah. it's him that we see like struggling with right. his hearing aids and stuff. But I also wonder if it was meant to like possibly do what you're saying, Michael, but in terms of like all of the machines that are there, like getting rid uh, of some sort of data that's there or fucking up a frequency that they're trying to track or something like that. I, I love that more. Ooh. Yeah, because he has because Gordon has the hearing aid device so yeah i love that so he might be on the same frequency or whatever as all of these machines but 
Yeah. And I, I think Patrick brought this up at the live watch, but Gordon says Diane's on her way. The window washer comes and then Diane shows up. So I don't know if there's a connection, but it does seem very interesting that that's the thing that happens right in between. So mm-hmm. I like that. Screw you, um, Dave. No, all, all I could think of, <laughs> honestly, was it is like when you're going down the road and you get a bug on the windshield. Like that is how that that guy flew in on that on that window. Like it just looked like he just ran right into that window. Yeah, and it didn't even look like he was trying to wash anything. He was trying to get off of it. It was like it was so it was so frantic. Yeah, and then of course the this is what okay I call it the convenience, and I'll get into why I call it the convenience of oh look we found this in Briggs stomach it is a it's obviously Dougie's wedding ring and it's inscribed love Janie E and all of a sudden Diane has a sister that she's estranged with doesn't talk to she hates her so therefore she can't give you a lot of information on Jane who they call Janie E but she is married to someone named Douglas Jones and I think they live in the Las Vegas area so this right here was tying a little piece together for me when we see a couple of episodes back, Diane, on the text with whoever she's texting, uh, where they ask, have you talked about Las Vegas? Or And she's like, right. you know, all caps and, you know, into the world, not yeah. yet, you yeah. know, hadn't come up yet. I feel like this was very convenient as her way of slipping in. Oh, by the way, let's talk about Las Vegas a little bit or let me get this ball rolling on who's in Las Vegas and what's going on there. So hmm. that was the first kind of tie in to something's not right about Diane. I I feel this, but I'm not sure what it is. We've already seen her texting with who we think is Mr. C, but is it? We don't know, really. Um, and, uh, what information is being fed and what is the intention of it? So very, very convenient, Miss Diane. Mm. I have more on that, but not till spoilers. So, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Oh, and one thing I did want to say though, is that in the talk about the Lois Dolph, Lois Dolphy, Lois Duffy and her tulpa, she was shot in the abdomen, which the abdomen seems to be a hot spot in Twin Peaks. Like that's where Coop was stabbed. That's where he was also shot. So Wilson gets a new asshole and Gordon relays the two Coops info along to Albert and Tammy. He also recalls a Monica Bellucci dream, which leaves him wondering who is the dreamer? There's a lot here. Oh, there's a lot. (laughs) I want a show of hands. Says anyone ever heard of this ancient phrase outside of Twin Peaks? No. Ancient phrases to me are like, uh, you lay down with dogs, you get fleas. Not sure. this whole, tr- yeah. tr- you know, and then she like said an the ancient, ancient proverb. Phrase. Like a yeah, yeah, exactly. Chinese yeah. proverb or something. Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. He who uh, has hand in pocket feels cocky all day. Right? No. Like that's an, <laughs> that's an ancient phrase. Yep. Yeah. 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 I've heard that so, one before. That's for sure. a great point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mel's when we covered Firewalk with me, we speculated like maybe this scene was Cooper's dream in some way because it starts with him saying, I was nervous because of that dream that I told you about. Uh, And then the scene just sort of weirdly continues from there. So we wondered if everything that we were seeing was Cooper's dream. 
But and so I'm like, all right, so are Gordon and Albert's memories of this really foggy because it's not actually their memories? Like it's from somebody else's dream or are they really just like faded memories? I have no answer, but I am just fully on board with it's kind of like when you have people. All right, I'll give an example. Uh, There's someone in my family that just swears up and down. They can remember things from when they were two years old. Scientifically, not possible. You can't, you don't retain memories until a certain age and it is not two years old, just so everyone knows. So what you think you remember is things that people have told you that happened. And so you form it in your brain. You're like, oh, well, my mom told me that, I don't know, the dog ran off with my diaper when I was two. So now all of a sudden it turns into, oh my God, I fully remember that. But you really don't. Yeah. That's in your brain, you you remember all of the detail like all like you know what the dog looked like and you know all of of that and then someone tells you a story and your mind kind of puts that together as a memory exactly so i think that's what's happening here is it's it's like they've been told this but now they're just remembering it because they're re talking about something that was planted in reality like the blue rose case but all of this that we were speculating was Cooper's dream that they're now like, oh, you know what? I'm starting to remember that. I don't I don't think that it was a it was reality, though. I think mm. it was something that they were told back then, you know, um, in the late 80s by Cooper. Interesting. Yeah, I was originally where Jasmine was, where I didn't have an answer, but you just swayed me. Else, <laughs> oh, so. thanks. Oh, woo, 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 woo. Yep. Getting that psychology in. I've been swayed. <laughs> so, so what do you all think about the crux of the dream? Like the the final cool, like who is the dreamer? What, what does all that mean to you? Because I, I have some thoughts. Oh. Well, go, please tell us. Yes, first. Yes. I wanted to know what you said. Fine. Well, the <laughs> thing is, I mean, the dreamer opens up a whole box of things. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we could go in so many directions. So I would love to hear what you have. <sighs> Fine. So. To me, it, it it's all about like tulpas and like the conjured double, quote unquote. Uh, and it's all very Severance. Great show, by the way, if mm. you're watching Severance. Yeah. Fantastic. The, the who is the dreamer part of it, at least. Like who is the creator? Yes. Now, yeah. like maybe the tulpa, the, the quote unquote creation, because they're the, I guess, conceivably the double. Maybe they're really the creator because... The original, the one who we normally would say is the dreamer, the like the regular regular Agent Cooper, mm-hmm. for example, like he just popped onto Earth as originally like as a pile of flesh and well, not a pile, but just like flesh and bones. But wasn't he also a dream originally? Like he was just a dream of his parents at one point yeah. before he was born. So what makes that dream better or like more real than the double? because it because it came from sticking a pp in a vagina like it's just because it's a <laughs> physical thing but isn't right. uh, but isn't creating something in your mind just as powerful like i would argue a a brain is more important and powerful than a than a than a dick like and I know, real deep here no pun well, intended. I know that's, I'm talking about, that's like what people with shit, small but... penises say <laughs> no no not that. <laughs> <laughs> is is what I, is any of what I'm yes, saying? Yes, it does. Okay, right. I think it. I think it's such a great question because it's like, yeah, where is the hierarchy and who decides? Yeah. what's more important? And I think that's such a central question to this entire show. And I think you're right about Severance too. Like, 
who's the owner of the consciousness and why do they get to decide? Like, right. hundred percent. Yeah. The, like I said, there's so many paths to take. Like, who is the dreamer could be an entire episode unto itself. Yeah. Maybe that's something we'll do in our post return journey. And that would be fun. Michael, if you'd like to join us. Dave, yeah. maybe? I don't know. Sure. I mean, Dave, I mean, she's I'll, 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 I'll if you want to talk the about thing. the dreamer. I'll binge but. the whole thing in another week and... <laughs> get my second watch through, so you I feel a little more comfortable. You can slow yourself down now. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you got a couple yeah. of months until we're ready to do that. So, <laughs> Andy gets a cheese sammer, and Chad gets put in the slammer. Oh, you want to give that yourself another Chad. one? There, that was top level, Mel. That was that was incredible. Uh, <laughs> So it was top level, mic level, which is not yeah. ideal, but <laughs> which is it, not where you want to be. <laughs> no, it's not where you want to be. Wow. <laughs> so Andy gets the cheese sandwich, and we find yeah. out in a little bit that uh, that Frank gets the roast beef. That's so right. that leaves that leaves turkey and ham for Bobby and Hawk. Who do you think is attached to each sandwich? Mm, okay, Jasmine, great which one does your okay. husband have? Ugh. Well, he is a bit of a turkey. So I'm going to say he gets the turkey. Turkeys feel silly to me. Like, oh, my God, they have that thing that jiggles between <laughs> their neck. You know, like they somehow get eaten every year. I don't know how that keeps happening. You know, so like, oh, you're such a turkey. But you also say that to people when they're being funny, like, oh, you're such a ham. So I have oh, a tough time with this because yeah. I'm like, I, I don't want to call Bobby a pig, but I don't want to call loves, Hawk I mean, a he, pig. When you're talking like if you were to call someone a ham, it's like someone who's like kind of... Doing ridiculous shit for attention usually, that's right? True. Like, yeah. So and that yeah. feels yeah. very Bobby-ish to me. Comparative yeah, to that's Hawk. That's fair. That's a good point. Maybe Bobby got two sandwich, two sammers. He actually ate really well at home that morning, so he doesn't even need the sandwich. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Hello. food. Okay, let's move oh, on. Oh wow. Uh, I I I think it's Bobby. I, I'm with Mel's. I think Bobby has the ham. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I love this question. That was great. <laughs> I don't know why, but Frank is the one that has the roast beef. Don't ask me why, but it just made me think of that old Arby's commercial. Where's the beef? It wasn't that, or was that McDonald's? That's Burger King. It was Burger. <laughs> I'm way off. Wow. Yeah, Arby's well, has the meats. Has the meats, which is not good because if you get the meat sweats, that means you ate too much. Yeah, okay? this I've is had all it several disgusting. times. You know what's not uh, distressing, though, is Chad getting arrested. This is a great ahead. development. Yeah, we'll Do you uh, see how quickly Bobby got in there and got that gun? I was so proud of him. That was such a fantastic and to moment. Shut up, too. Uh, I, I love loved it when he was like, shut up. I it was so, listen, it was so Chad's like high awful. school when you're fighting. It was like, shut up. Yeah, it was so Bobby in that moment. <laughs> there are a few things, even as I was watching the 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 normal show and then the return, to normal there well i mean like it, it's a set it's a separate <laughs> thing like i consider them kind of two distinctly yeah. different things for sure um but there's certain stuff that david lynch just puts in here for the sake of putting in uh because yeah. i just didn't understand the whole chad situation it uh it definitely kind of caught me off guard to the point where i remember watching it and then googling in case i missed something like what are they why are they arresting why chad why does Chad like I just exist? don't like did I miss <laughs> did I miss a reason like did I miss a little piece of something somewhere that like he's doing oh, well, something I mean, shady he, or whatever yeah he he's doing something with Richard Horn yeah yes and I I knew like a, a little bit of that but like it was just like and then like literally the first response is like because he's a jerk 
<laughs> like, well, okay, cool. And that closing my tab. Man. Yes. Yeah. Asked an answer. Got the answer. <laughs> Asked an <Yeah>. answer. <laughs> Ching. Done. <laughs> oh, the guys arrive and head up to Jack Rabbit's palace. At the spot, or is it a stump? Their trip really begins. 253 yards due east and maybe a drop of LSD later, they discover an eyeless nude person liquid hot magma and a <laughs> vortex in the sky. Andy meets the firemen for the, for story time in the VIP lodge. Okay, wow, here's my question. Lot. Yes. Here's my question that's similar to the sandwich thing, though. Who out of the people here clips their backpacks at the top? Uh, like like of the, the, the uh, us recording us, right now? Of us recording. Like the clip I, that's I, at the top of a backpack. Oh, you mean across the chest? Across the chest. I like, I like a chest clip. Okay. I like it for security, especially if you're hiking. Okay. It takes some of the weight off of your... Are you afraid That's fine. Like we, a, we don't oh, need full okay. reasons. I just want to know yes when or you no. Said secu- well, okay. When you said security, well, I assumed it was like you were afraid someone, like a bear was going to run out and steal your backpack. <laughs> no, Justin just told me we don't need full yeah, reasons. I'm sorry. I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to go it's into yes it. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> Michael? Uh, I'm going to break the rule, and it's never... And it's because it's fashion over function always. Thank you, you, Michael. At least one of us is fucking cool. There we go. Oh my God. I'm so glad you're here. Bunch of nerds and squares over here. Wait a minute. No, no, no. no. Wait, hold on. (laughs) Because there's a difference between people who have worn a backpack like that in the woods and people who have not. And it it. is very clear to me. (laughs) I know from. Many, many episodes that there's no way in hell Michael's ever worn a backpack in the woods. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, it is just, yeah, for, of you know, fashion over function when you're not in the woods. Always. Fashion and over I function always. And always. I can tell you that that's 100% true because Bobby is the only one not clipping the top one. I'm so proud of him. Well, <laughs> let's just hold our horses, Uno, pump them brakes, Uno momento. <laughs> Uh, we don't math here, but I do have to let you know there are four of us. So that means we are at a tie. Ugh, I know. Y'all are not cooler than us. We are at a strict tie. I mm. almost said, but we have uh, Bobby on our side, but then you guys would get three You don't. Yeah, the other three. Yeah. <laughs> Bad call. But yeah. but don't, because then the others are on our side. Then we I would know. win. Yeah. Now, uh, so this would be a dead tie. All right. We are a hung jury mm-hmm. on the clipping. Mm-hmm. Just so, so we're going to have to take it to the Instagram and poll everybody. Yes. And we'll poll. find out. Okay. Yep. I like your observation on this, though, Jasmine. I mean, you know, also, Bobby is clearly the leader. So yeah. if he didn't clip. He knows what he's doing. None of them should have clipped. So there you go. I like that you brought that up, though, because I've always loved this so much for Bobby because he he's always kind of peripheral to all of the sort of like magic and weirdness that happens in Twin Peaks. And finally, he's like kind of he's really in it when when we get to part 14. So I love that he gets to lead the way. It's it's cute. I hated Bobby up to the return. That I can say a lot of people agree. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's he's redeeming himself a little bit in the return, except for the number of times that he just spontaneously cries. But, you know, it like he's he's redeeming himself (laughs) a little bit. You are on a fast track of never getting back on this show, sir. Just so you know, <laughs> you better well, tread. I'll be lightly. here. I'll be here clipping my backpack <laughs> and being unpopular. Speaking no, it's okay. clipping backpacks, though, you need to tell me that Lynch couldn't have picked some flatter ground for these old, old, old men <laughs> to walk on. They are struggling so hard to walk up these oh, little boy. mini hills. 
Andy especially. Like when they had, <laughs> oh, they did. They had the aud- far behind. They had the audacity to shade Andy Brennan to the max <laughs> in this episode when they lingered on him struggling yeah. the most yeah. out of this pack. They and I was like, get off of this man. He's been through enough. They okay? also kept the camera on him for a little bit too long when he was struggling to carry the girl out of the woods. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, poor Andy. I mean, first of all, he didn't have sperms. Then he had sperms. And now y'all trying to highlight how old this man at least Now he's got alone. the weird hair. Like, I love now his he's, hair. Yeah. I love his little top booth. It's great. Looks like a camel licked him I mean, straight up. <laughs> But then he gets, I mean, he gets such an important moment. Like, this is huge that Andy is chosen. I wasn't expecting Andy to ever really have one of those, like, really, like, pivotal, like, Andy central moments. I don't think anybody expects that. Did it make you feel good for him? Like, finally, we're rooting for the underdog here? It made me feel good and also gave me some immediate concern. For two reasons, mainly is, like, my first concern is if anything happens to Andy, I'm going to have to cancel this after doing some never watching the show again. And <laughs> the, the second thing is like, I hope that he doesn't get a lot of useful information because it's Andy. And I don't know how well he's going to be able to relay all that back. It's like, yeah, the, the fireman is just going to like give him all this useful info. And he's going to come back and be like, I saw a guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, What else, bud? Uh, So, uh, but no, I I am happy that that Andy is is kind of more central to the the main storyline now and showing that he's not just a goofy Goofy. idiot. Yeah. So I I almost kind of feel bad for him because I feel Hmm. like it's it's purposeful that I think it was Andy, quote unquote, chosen to go because he's just like a blank slate. Like, yeah. Like he's completely open and and pure and innocent and just splatter that crazy pain all over him. Yep. Yeah. And he's just gonna accept it. And any anyone else, like if that was like Frank in there or 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 Hank or, or Hawk in there, they would be resistant to some. <laughs> Not of Hank. We don't speak. We don't talk he's about gone. Hank in these parts. Yeah, you're right. I mean, everyone else who's had like exposure to it has been relatively strong willed. Like we see we we have gotten firsthand some like knowledge of, you know, what prolonged exposure to the Black Lodge did to Cooper, who I, I right. would have before before the return considered to be the most willful person of the entire show. Right. Um, so it's only only imagining what it could do to and poor Andy. Yeah. Well, Jasmine and I, we kind of like this is also on the, you know, live stream, but we came to the, I think, conclusion that it's like he like you're saying like the blank slate, like we kind of called it like the innocence of Andy, right? Mm -hmm. Like Andy. Yeah, he's the most like not tapped in in that way. So it would make sense that he would be the one chosen to get this information and then go back and kind of know exactly what to do with it. Uh, Because we pointed out, like, Andy's the one that found Leo's shoes. And then, you know, like, there's just been certain things that Andy's been getting. figured out that it was a map. Yeah. (laughs) It's a Mm -hmm. a map. It's a map. (laughs) Yeah. He's a good listener. Speaking of that, what, what he sees or what we see that he sees through what I called the steaming service uh, on the yeah. live watch. <laughs> but none of that is indicative of what he then comes down, like the knowledge that he then has and tells the rest of the guys. Like we didn't, we weren't privy to any of that, but somehow that's what he's taken away. 
Well, and we were wondering, like, were we purposefully not hearing the firemen actually talk to Andy? Like, were there actual words? Because we saw everything that Andy was seeing through the liquid hot magma pit, right? That's (laughs) what that was. So we were seeing past, present, potentially future. Like, we didn't know what timelines we were in in that show that he was getting. But was the fireman also talking to him? We just were the sound wasn't turned on for us as the audience, but Andy was getting told everything, like why he was seeing what he was seeing. So it, that, and that would make sense why he would come back with Nido and be like, she's very important. Don't tell anyone about this. We have to keep her safe. And that was the end of it. He didn't have to say anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I love the silence though. Me too. Oh, but, I'm yeah. fully here for it. Yeah. The silence made it so much cooler. And that's, so that's the white lodge, right? Maybe we just I, I just so. started calling it the VIP lodge because it looks so much nicer. Like you had yeah. Senorita Dido in there, like gold balls were being formed. It was just I was it's like, got this a is nice the VIP big section. screen to watch movies on. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's the White Lodge because that one it's right out. I mean, it's in the, that little pit of like sperm, mm-hmm. like jizz liquid. It's white. And yeah. <laughs> and well, the other one in uh, what's that place called? Yeah, or second, excuse me. Yeah, glass. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just black. like all, yeah, it's black. It's so. tar. It's like yeah. tar. Yeah. Lucy dresses Nido in some old jammies, and Chad gets blessed out by Andy. In an odd callback to the barking from Bobby and Mike, Nido, odd bleeding guy, and Chad sing the song of their people. I I hate this drunk lesion face guy so much. So no, much. I mean it's so like, gross. I I laugh every time. Like it's it's funny when he's repeating Chad, but he I just don't want to I don't want to look at him. He is I don't, so don't want to see him on my TV screen ever. It's nasty. Yeah, it's yeah. like when watching when when Mister C was throwing up like the like a whole, a whole food pantry's worth of creamed corn. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> I, I also don't think the drunk face guy is real. I, I, I do not. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think I, he's just a part of Chad. And I do too. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you're saying that. Not to cut you off, but I know we've talked about this, but in my second re 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 re, re my latest watch <laughs> to get prepped for today, I really paid a lot of attention to when we saw this Uzi guy and Chad he mimics literally every single thing that Chad says. Even though Nido is over here making noises, he's it's like the noises, he doesn't start really doing it until Chad starts doing it. And I'm like, this guy, I fully believe Lucy does not see him. Uh, Andy does not see him. Poor Nido does not because she doesn't have eyes. Those without I, eyes can see. That's one of those ancient oh, Chinese proverbs. Not, she said the not ancient the phrase. Ancient phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Not the ancient phrase. <laughs> I fully am on board with this guy being some projection of something to do with Chad. What it is, no clue. It's just Why? like no clue. He's Why? just like Chad's douchery manifested into a real thing. <laughs> right? I, I think that's right, though. I think it's I think it's Chad's like his evil side or his guilt or whatever, like the yeah. negative part of Chad. Because I don't I don't even think it's blood coming out of his mouth. I think it's motor oil. He's uh, just, mm. it's the wood, it's the woodsman yeah. gas station in his heart, yo. Like, yeah, when you saw it on the well, floor, no. it did not look like blood. No, that's not blood. Like, that's dripping out oil. of it, ma- his mouth, it looked a little bit like blood. But then on the floor, I was like, oh, that's not blood. 
What is it? Yeah. I think what makes us think it's blood is the conversation later on where at the roadhouse where the girls are talking about this man that's bleeding from his mouth and nose. This Billy Mm -hmm. guy Mm -hmm. who, you know, people have been asking about Billy. Audrey has been looking for Billy. So I think all of those things together, it's like we were talking about how our brain makes these memories out of things that we didn't actually experience. So we're putting all of those things together. And also that conversation later at the roadhouse, because I don't think that's real, then I don't think whatever this person is in the jail almost a jailhouse, jail cell, Uh-oh. whatever. Go I think on, that Elvis. also like lends to the idea that he's not real either. So yeah, whether he's Billy or not, I don't right. know because yeah. again, I've got things about that when we get to the roadhouse, but I definitely don't think that he's quote unquote real as in like somebody that Twin Peaks Sheriff's Department has captured and locked up. So right. if, it is, if it is Billy in the cell, then Mr. Zane has really let himself go. <laughs> Whoa. 25 not years John has John. not been good. John John. Mr. Zane. You scooted oh, off John, and John. this is how you come back? Mm-hmm. Not this. <laughs> At the Great Northern, we catch up with birthday boy Hurley and meet his friend Freddie. Freddie has a very interesting backstory that he shares that leaves us all confused as James investigates the humming. Before we get into the scene, I just had right off the bat, I underlined this. I have to say this. James works for his old girlfriend's secret dad's hotel. Now take that invitation to love. Oh, shit. Good point. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, not him working at his old girlfriend's secret daddy's place of establishment. Yeah. Nice connection. (laughs) We were all complaining about no invitation to love. It has been there the whole time. This also explains that also explains how when Ben asks, uh, I think it was Beverly, right? Um, his his new assistant or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. To have security look for that sound and they weren't able to find anything. It's because they sent James and he can't possibly do anything right. So (laughs) I mean, all he did ostensibly (laughs) was stare at the door. (laughs) Yeah. He stared at it and went, James. you know what? I'm going to the roadhouse. It's 930. Yeah, if they, so. sent, if they sent someone else, they probably would have figured it out. Be, that, that would be buttoned up. Freddie would have punched through the door Fre- and figured shit out. <laughs> That's true. Freddie would have had it. Fi- <laughs> Freddie the figurer. He would have figured it out. Okay. When he I figured out that Freddie no had a power James. glove, I was hoping that he was just going to snap and James would just kind of fade fade away and, and dust. <laughs> Not a Thanos. But- <laughs> Not a Thanos. <laughs> we did um, say it's a multiverse. Yeah, <laughs> it might be. It might be. One point for it being a multiverse, though, and this is like this is kind of extra textual type stuff. But apparently James is a Capricorn and that means that his birthday is in late December or early to mid January. And I do not believe that that is what time it is in this timeline of Twin Peaks. So Mm -mm. this is maybe a different James. I don't know. Just putting Mm -hmm. it out there. Yeah, it was not cool, James. That was you know, we we had always cool okay. James that ended up at the right. roadhouse, and and this one unfortunately is the true OG. James. Gotcha. OJ, <laughs> right? The true OJ. So the true James Peaks. that's been going to the roadhouse is James's yeah. doppelganger. That is like <laughs> this, and, and he this is, is actually the, cool. The real yeah. James, right? Is, yeah, yeah. This is cover your titties up, Laura James. This is him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of like old old James, not like old James, but I dislike him far less than young James. I would agree with that. Like Return no, James, uh, you we like love more. Return James. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yes. yeah okay. I don't have any issues, really. Yes. Okay, cool. So this whole Freddy story is cool. Like, it, at least in my mind, it confirms that the White Lodge has, you know, numerous portals spanning 
countries like that. And again, that's assuming yeah. it is the White Lodge, which I think it is. But right. I obviously I don't want to spoil anything and I won't. But I soon as the first time I watched this, when that whole thing came about with the green glove, like it was just Chekhov's garden glove. Like I knew that it was <laughs> going to show up later. That's all I can say, obviously. I mean, you would hope so. This is such a, this is a long scene, but it also kind of gives me Wally Brando vibes, which Wally yep. Brando kind of goes nowhere, right? Like it's, I mean, it's an incredible scene. It's such a fun monologue, but there's no more Wally. I mean, sorry to spoil that, Dave, but it's probably obvious at this point. <laughs> like Wally's not coming back. I don't know. It, it's Cancel the rest. I'm not watching how- anymore. That's it. You're done. Oh, yep. I'm so sorry, dude. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is such a fun story. And it's interesting, like the way that he tells James about all the things that the fireman has said to him, it feels like such straightforward directions. And we know that the fireman isn't straightforward like that. But then again, you know, in the scene at Jack Rabbit's palace, Andy had such straightforward directions in his mind So Mm. it's like when we're even when we're in those spaces as an audience, like we are not privy to something. Yeah, there's like extra subconscious information that they're getting that we don't we don't see. And like I get like like we were talking about before with with Andy, it's like there are images and then there is like some information that comes along with the images that he's seeing that but we're only seeing the images. We don't get any other. It's like if you're scrolling through a news story and only looking at the pictures, it's like, okay, well, you got like this this overarching thing. But like Andy might have gotten all the exposition underneath that that has all the information of what to do. Yeah. Um, But I also think that lends more credence as well, Michael, to the fact that this is the White Lodge that we're dealing with is like, I feel like the White Lodge, it tends to be from what we see, like, more straightforward like people are getting actual directions of what to do and it seems like typically it is helping um whereas the black lodge and what we assume like coop was in stuff like that like everything's much more cryptic and it's hard to understand what's happening and you know it it doesn't seem helpful um and much uh so so yeah it's interesting yeah Yeah, totally agree what what you said there though about you know andy or, or Freddie just getting this information. I, I almost wonder if he saw the same exact thing. He was shown the same exact thing that Andy was, hmm. but he just has his own directive instead of, hey, let's get Nido out of here and not tell people about oh, it. I love his directive that. is, oh, get the, get yeah. the garden. Board. Like he had basically Ooh. the same exact experience, right. but just the underlying information that he received Correct. was different. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I really like that. And he's sitting there like, who the hell is this chick at the end? With like the <laughs> angels flying around her? Like, who yeah. even is this? <laughs> he needed some DVDs to I catch don't understand up on the any of this. Andy's like, "Yep, you remember that? I remember that." <laughs> yeah. like, Freddie's like, "What the oh, wow. fuck is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> Who's this guy? And then why does his twin yeah. have such greasy hair? What's happening here? <laughs> why is one of them so much more fuckable? I don't understand. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! Awesome. Why are we seeing the blinking light on the telephone from yeah. the? Uh, oh my yeah. god! Like, don't they understand that it's line one? You just have to click the button. And That's all you have to do. Out. You don't have to this be specific. <laughs> I am sweating. This is amazing. That's awesome. Oh okay, I have to gather myself. Hold on. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm good. Oh my god. I'm really sweating. Like, I let me. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have went to Arby's. Yep. 
<laughs> got the meats. <laughs> got the meats. <laughs> got the itis. Okay. Whew. All right. Well, I all right. Now we're going to really sweat because here we go. Oh, boy. Sarah's decided to take her drink into Elks Point number nine and chaos ensues. After attempting to thwart the advances of a played out Leo, I mean, in our fantasy anyway, <laughs> she dares him to fuck with this as she tears away her face and tears out his throat. Leo would wear a truck you shirt, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, this yeah. is definitely Leo. I just, <laughs> it should have been Leo. Seems. I can't remember who said that at the, at the live watch, but that is perfect. Like, yeah, what a missed opportunity. I don't know if they just couldn't get the actor, if they didn't want to put that character Maybe in that position, Eric. but I mean, it should have been. Although Maybe he I, cut the ponytail. I would have been a, kind of a little sad. I ended up kind of growing to like Leo towards the end. <laughs> For what reason? Season two. <laughs> well, like, Leo, uh, you know, ultimately, <laughs> he was... It, his faculties were removed from him, and he was unable okay. to, like, really communicate or or speak or like really speak or converse or anything like that. But there was still an underlying love of Shelly enough to allow major release, major breaks to go and save her. Okay. I can't understand how you guys can't at least consider that a tiny bit of a, I think we did talk about that in that episode. Yeah. 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 And we did say it does not, it will never excuse what he did. However, he was a monster, but like, yeah, if you're going to go out, at least go out. I know, legitimately forget about that every single time because I oh, I just remember the, so- the soap oh, and the sock. So, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, no, it's yes. hard. I, I agree. He was a total monster. But like, but like towards the end, you could see he was trying to kind of a little bit. There's uh, something atone, there. atone for a little oh, sure. bit of, of what what he Well, did. I mean, perhaps um, he knows what it felt like to be in the hands of an abuser for once. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And he also he would also use the line to free cunt. So bad. It's yeah. so well, bad. If it's but... such a free country, fix your teeth, motherfucker. That's <laughs> all I can look at. And I thought to myself, good on you, Sarah, for revealing a beautiful pediatric and dentistry approved smile really on this did. asshole who's been eating brick sandwiches his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I hate this guy. Uh, yeah. He he's awful, but he is. And that line "free country" is so stupid. But it's mm-hmm. so it's so real and so typical. Like I know so many women, myself included, that have had interactions like this with a certain kind of man who goes from being sexually interested. As soon as you're not, you're a fucking lesbian because, of course, how could you possibly not be interested? You must not be straight, right? To threats. Did of, you see I my mean, truck U shirt? Yeah. <laughs> so clever. Oh my God. And it's like, I mean, obviously she takes things to extremes here, but it's also so <laughs> cathartic. Like, oh, I'm sure this necessary. is what so many women are like, oh, fuck, I wish I could have done this so yeah, many this times. Yeah, this is just what I want, like, a separate storyline specifically for Sarah and, like, a, a separate show altogether where it's it's kind of like a Batman-esque thing or, like, Ghost Rider where she just, like, finds bad dudes and just eats their face. Oh, That's what I want. Yes. She's vengeance. Yeah, she is vengeance. Exactly. I love yes. this. And I will sit through three hours of that. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yes, this was great. Also loved that. Okay. I mean, honestly, she was too nice to him anyways, like too many times, right? Like, listen, 
I mean, he just kept on right. And she was like, you want to sit back over there? Like, you know, she, she tried. gave him plenty of yeah. opportunities to back the fuck up. 100%. And when he didn't, uh, you, that this was the epitome of fuck around and find out. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, you found out today. Truck you. But I also love the fact that she tears his throat off, kills him. There's not any blood on her. No yeah. trace evidence that she did anything. And then she is playing that. Oh, my God. He just fell over. It is so great. Like, it felt good that she obviously got revenge on this scuzz bucket. Right. The scallywag, as I like to call him. And then also she fully was like, I didn't have anything to do with it. And you couldn't pin it on her because she no. didn't look like she just like, you know, Dracula. Ate a man's whole throat entire yeah. head. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I will go over the things that I pulled out of her face abyss. This is what I got. Two strikes of a match in the beginning, right? When she's when she tore it mm. away. So that felt firewalk with me, got a light. A diseased ring finger, which is Coop's prince, made me think of when uh Tammy finds out that the ring finger is the inverted print. Mm-hmm. On from Mr. C. Mr. C, right, in the in the pen. Um, and then the smile, which uh, it's not Laura's smile, but that's just what it makes me think of. And I don't. But that's the only other person know. we've seen take their face off, right? So true. Easy to yeah. make a connection so. there. Mm. Interesting that you say the striking of a match, because to me it looked like the swiping of like a bug's leg. True. But I was listening to the seat. Remember, I told yeah, you this yeah. time I'm listening heard more than I did. with earphones and it just it. But it sounded not like a lighter. It sounded like a match flicking. Yeah, no, that's cool. Which reminded me of Leland back at the police station mm-hmm. when he was Do you striking play with those. fire, little boy. Yes. So I don't cool. know. Those are just things I pulled out of it. So it made me kind of think of the whole dreamer dream stuff again, like because we now basically confirm that both her and Leland have this, you know, quote unquote darkness, I would say sure. within yeah. them. And, you know, did, did they create Laura or, or was she created from that energy? Like, I mean, she was kind of created both ways. Are we all just energy transferring between each other? Like where, where do we begin and end? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I think that the body uh, the flesh, PIV, penis and vagina, in case you don't know, <laughs> sure, uh, piff, piff, was yeah. created. That Laura, the body that you see, the vessel, obviously was created from Leland and Sarah, right? Who both are connected to the lodge. But I think that the fireman and Senorita Dido created the orb or that the soul of Laura and sent down when um, those little sperms did create contact with the egg. Okay, right. so when so when the fireman's mind cloud turned into the Laura Dragon Ball, yep. that <laughs> was that was Laura's soul being created. Uh, what that's, what I, that's what I. That's what I. That's just me. Yeah. That I mean. That's just how I look at it. Um, I mean, it could be Laura in her entirety. It could be her soul. It could be her consciousness. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Just the 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 not the shell which is the body right because obviously mm. the body would have been made from like i just the birds and the bees like yeah, just, yeah 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 so. bodies are made in other ways in this show that's well, that's true this that's is true. true but it, it made me rem- 
I don't know if if you're familiar with Childish Gambino. Um, yes, you know, I our, love our boy Donald Glover from Atlanta, which is Earn. Yeah. yeah, he. So he has a song. Uh, one of his songs, Bonfire. There's a line uh, made the bur- made the beat, then murdered it. Casey Anthony. And I don't know, like it's random, but it just made me think of that because, like, why can't Leland and Sarah, being that they created Laura and the dark Leland, you know, okay, Holt, so pause. Are you about (laughs) to argue for the fact that a mother and a father, because they have created a child, have the right to then destroy (laughs) said child? (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> not condoning. I child brought you murder. in. I will take you out. Is this where we are going well, not with the, this? Well, yes, but so not the physical ones. Like it. Not, not the physical ones. I'm talking about the soul ones. I'm talking about the the energy creators. Why shouldn't the energy creators be able to freely just end that energy? I don't know. I just I don't know. I think there's kind of something to that. Yeah, I think that's super. <laughs> no, I, I like it's super interesting. It's just that is such a that's so weighty. I mean, right. That's not something we can wrap up here today. Sure. Like, sure, sure. But I, I love, I, yeah, I think that's definitely worth exploring. But I'm, but I'm not condoning the me killing my own <laughs> child just to be clear. Yeah. Okay. Glad to, glad to clear that up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you saw the path that he was taking and um, like, I just, yeah, I saw it sentences before yeah, that. We talked for hundreds of hours <laughs> I, together. I was yeah. fully watching Dave's eyes, and they shot up immediately. And I was like, "Uh oh, this is something's fixing to happen." Yeah, I, I well, I mean, I understand what you're saying, though. I mean, not only as just a fan of like childish Gambino, I love no, but like relating <laughs> that lyric honestly to like this, but. If you take it to this spiritual type level of what we're talking about in the Twin Peaks realm, I mean, I, honestly, I think anything could be possible in that sense. And therefore, because it is a spiritual, not like a physical way of speaking of it, then I understand what you're saying with then it would be con- like content control or creative yeah. like control, <laughs> right, of the content. Yeah. like. You could also look at it too as this uh, this Dragon Ball Laura was not necessarily just her total soul, but maybe it, she already had a soul, and it was instead the the additional consciousness to be able to identify and connect with with the uh, the black and white lodge energies and stuff like that. Because she she seemed to like have much more of a um, an understanding of all of that before she died. And it makes me feel like that she got some extra information or had some kind of like some, some kind of exposure to it that caused her to be able to identify that kind of stuff before she died. Can I just tell you, Dave, I am fighting back tears right now. I'm going to tell you why the <laughs> journey pride. we have taken it's with pride. you. It's just, it's, it's pride. Yeah. And the journey <laughs> we have our, taken with our you, guy, from, you know, yeah. From you telling us that, my baby was ugly, aka you didn't like the log lady. To <laughs> you are you are fully on board with this what we are talking about right now. I yeah. am fighting back tears. Oh well, thank you. I will also moment. say that I was definitely not really on board with the return until the log lady showed up, and then I was like, okay, let me give this a chance. Like, all right, fine, I'll try. <laughs> okay, my well, anyway, turn tables was- have. Have <laughs> wait a minute. My how the return tables have oh. turned. Oh, 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 oh. 
Oh, I hit. Yeah. No, thanks, Sal. Yeah. <laughs> At the roadhouse, we got a couple of pals casually talking about nut houses, getting high, and nuts. When we hear about Paula, Billy, and Tina, Billy was acting a fool and bleeding everywhere, and also something about an uncle. I fully believe now everything that has to do with these particular parts in the roadhouse when we have these booth scenes aren't real. They're all part of whatever's happening with Audrey because obviously we were having conversation about Billy and Tina. These two people know about Billy and Tina. The questions that the one friend is asking the other one about the last time she saw Billy fully feel like things that Audrey would be trying to figure out to find out where Billy is. It it just feels so Audrey to me. And it kind of really actually makes me sad because it's, it, you know, I love Audrey. And so this was, I don't know, like I had to stop myself from crying. I was like, it's two people talking about nothing. Chill out. <laughs> but all I could think about was, was Audrey you know, and the right. confusion of it all. And it doesn't so. make sense because Charlie talks to Audrey about how a- asking her, wasn't she going to go to the roadhouse to learn more about Billy? And maybe that question was less about physically going and more about going to the roadhouse in her mind to, yeah. to help kind of identify that information. Totally agree. Yeah, nailed it. I mean, and it's the it's the music that kicks in as soon as oh, yeah. uh, one of them asks the other one, like, what's your mom's name or whatever? And she answers Tina. Just this weird, ominous music that kicks in. I mean, that. What, what a weird question. Yeah. And then right? like the but delivery then, of the response her, too, yes. was, like, was like, like, she was unsure. Were you unsure? Yeah. 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 yeah like, yeah. Uh, Tina? Yeah. Well, and that's why it got, to me, it felt like, I don't know, this weird, like, if you close if you close your eyes while that's happening, it feels like it would be something Audrey's asking someone to find out information about Bill. It's like Audrey had like possessed that other person and was like questioning right. the the girl about what happened yeah. and asking for like additional information to fill in gaps. Yeah. I like that. And the thing that makes it extra weird, of course, is that Lissy gets announced. I was gonna say Lissy is announced and closes out with um you know, Wild Wild West, which it's a fantastic song. But all of the lyrics to me make me feel very Audrey. But in particular, like, are you out there to take away my fear? I haven't lost my hope, even though I am so far from my home. Mm-hmm. It just feels so Audrey. And like, you know, from where I, sorry, I am going to do this. Okay. From where I stand, there's a world where you can, um, all that you lost, you get back, and all that you want, you can have. I've been dancing in the moonlight. I've been laughing with this firelight. Living, I've been giving. I've been living with the firelight. Oh, I might cry. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, music. it's a banger. I like this one, but it's and it just feels so. It just feels so Audrey, you know. Um, and she, I love how stoked <laughs> you know? the MC is for it too. Like the way he yeah. says, Lissy, it's just like, <laughs> all right, we are in for it. Let's do this. <laughs> Actually, Dave, what have you been thinking about the fact that there's so many just kind of kind of random musical performances at the Roadhouse? Yeah, I saw I, I kind of thought that it was a little odd, like odd because I wasn't expecting it. So it's like something sure. that never never happened prior to the return. Um, but 
became relatively consistent. So now when there are episodes that don't end like that, they stand out to me. Like yeah, the one that sure. we like ended on Ed in in his gas station. It's it's interesting to me. I haven't I haven't like really, really listened to like the the lyrics and stuff. Like, yes, the the different they're each song has a different like vibe to it too. Um, and I also uh, turned off the one that James, I, I didn't want to have to listen to that again. Um, but, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but they all just have like a different vibe. And I think it's like trying to kind of like, it almost feels like it's almost summarizing kind of the episode in, in the vibe that you get at the, at the very end, just like kind of capstoning it each time. Um, so it is interesting. Yeah. Did you cream your pants over the nine inch nails? Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> See? Mm-hmm. Yay. Two against two. Yeah. Who's the nerds now? Well, you don't know if Michael creamed his jeans. I know. I, after after I said that, I fully was like, you didn't even ask Michael. So what are you talking uh, about? You, I, I think your assumption was probably right. So, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'm not a Nine Inch Nails guy. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Two against <laughs> two. Who's the nerds now? <laughs> Still you guys. <laughs> <laughs> was it the song? <laughs> was it the, the nerd song <laughs> that gave it away? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, that was awesome. I guess we just have our dedications left, but yeah. it was already done for us this week because the episode is actually dedicated to David Bowie. So, and I did write David a little Bowie. something. Okay. Yeah. All right. R.I.P. to our Goblin King, our hero Ziggy Stardust, the man who fell to earth and sold the world. You are missed. <laughs> so it did a l- oh. <laughs> it did a little bit sound like you said Goblin King. <laughs> well, he might have been true. true. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Yep. You never know. But. Uh, I'm. We forgot to talk about it, or I forgot to mention it oh. in that David Bowie scene where, right. like, the audio was dubbed. Yes. ridiculously. It just reminded me of the scene that I now have seen and I hadn't until like three months ago was the Pee Wee Herman uh, <laughs> dubbed movie in the Pee Wee Herman movie. Yeah. Uh, if, it just reminded me of that where just the audio was like purposely bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was and also like bless his heart, but that accent on Philip Jeffries. Do you know who that is there? I mean, it was like the office, the episode of the office with the murder mystery, right? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, RIP to real David Bowie, okay? Yes. That's all we care about around here. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. What is coming up for you guys and where can people like find you on the internet and harass you? You can find us everywhere you would ever find podcasts, literally everywhere. We are on all of them. Uh, Just search the center cut. And uh, if you don't know, we watch the beginning and ends of movies and TV seasons and then field listener and guest questions to guess about the middle. Yeah. And what uh, when is this episode coming out? It'll be on our Patreon on May 20th, but May 27th for everyone. That is gotcha. so far from now. I think we'll probably have just finished up doing Cabin in the Woods, maybe. Ooh, yeah. fun. Ooh. Yeah, so you would have seen uh, our, our most most recent episode, depending on the timing, was either either uh, Cabin in the Woods or uh, the next season of Outlander, which we're very excited about. Oh, wow. Are you guys mm. on the... What season are you on now? Six, five? So the most five. recent one? Oh, okay. No, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, the, five. the five is coming to Netflix uh, in a few weeks. So right. we are... Uh, we are following suit and then going to uh, continue on. So yeah, you guys I'm, are kind I'm of a little bit excited. the Outlander show. Like, 
Yeah, I, I like it. I'm yeah, personally I, a little like excited it. to get back to my my big buff ginger boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been a little bit. Yeah. You guys always have great coverage of those seasons. So that should be great. And I'm I'm really looking forward to your coverage of Cabin in the Woods. That's a great movie. And I think you guys will like it. I mean, I know you're I only going to so. see certain parts of it for now, but we'll see, I think yeah. you'll be into it. That'll be a great episode, actually. I can't wait to. Oh, I cannot wait to hear y'all guess the middle of that. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. Great so time. glad that we could make it work. Loved hearing about your journey with Twin Peaks, Dave. And we'll have to figure <laughs> yeah. out some sort of check in for when you finish yeah. up. Yeah. For sure. That sounds good to me. Well, thanks to Dave and Michael from the Center Cut for coming on. They are not going to join us for the spoilers section because um, Dave has not seen past part 14. Um, and you know, just in true partnership, Michael, uh, you know, is going to, to, you know, wait it out with Dave. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, but we are going to head into the spoiler slash connection section. Uh, before we do that, Jasmine, anything else for, um, our listeners? Well, I just want them to rate and review us on their favorite podcast platform. Dangle and sprinkle those stars, babies. Yeah, yeah. Um, we like five. We but, do. But you know, we'll we take whatever. Um, but yeah, make sure you you rate us, review us, and you know, spread the word. We we love uh to meet everyone. Speaking of meeting everyone, you can hang out with us on the socials. We are on Instagram at damn TV. Um, you can find me at superficial Mel's. And you can find me at Damn Fine Witch. And Centercut mentioned their Instagram handle, but it'll also be in the show notes. And while you're rating and reviewing us, why not just rate and review them at the same time? Yeah. You can yeah. give them They're one awesome. star if you want, because I know you're saving oh. the five stars for us. I'm just kidding. <laughs> give them five. Give them five. And uh, beyond that, we are also on Patreon. We mentioned it a couple times, but we did watch this episode with our patrons. uh, And that's kind of just that's the live stream that we do every month with our patrons from the tardigrade detective level and up. Every month we do a live stream. We also have extra video content. We give patrons early access to episodes. There's a ton of stuff. You've listened to this already before. Let's just get into the spoiler slash connection section, right? Right. And if you're not coming with us, we will see you soon for part 15. Oh, God, I can't believe it. Oh. <laughs> Bye-bye. And we're back in the spoiler slash connection section. All right. So I want to head back to your your feelings of susness, which is my new word. Uh, Okay. Feelings of susness Uh around Diane all of a sudden having a connection to Janie E and Dougie. What would be her reason for lying, do you think? We know, obviously, that this Diana's a tulpa, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're thinking of her, and and I've really thought a lot about this, and I I struggle a little bit with trying to figure out the Diane-Tulpa situation. 
what was she manufactured for? And I mean, obviously we know what we're given in the show, but when you think about it, you know, just beyond that, because she's there to also help Cooper, Gordon, Albert, you know, she, it's just, it's this odd, like uh, double end, right? Like, or is she, yeah, I think I know what you're about to say. Or is she, that's what she's seeming to be. But really, she's manufactured to extract the information that she's getting while being, quote unquote, Diane, right? And then feed it to the box, Mr. C, wherever this is going. And so I, that's why I find it convenient that, you know, and, Inconvenient, I use that loosely because, I mean, literally before the return, Diane was just not even a person. Like, really? It right. was just somebody that Cooper was talking to on a so, recorder. like, we know nothing about her in general, honestly. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, like, I just don't know why she would purposefully lead them towards Deggie because leading them towards Deggie is helpful, I mean, in my mind, unless I'm forgetting yeah. some sort of or one piece of information or something. And I mean, yeah. So I just can't figure it out because I, too, uh, when we were having the live watch, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe she is because there's the text about Las Vegas. She responds. They haven't asked yet. So maybe she was given information to feed them. But like, what is the purpose of feeding them that information? And I thought, it, I mean, she could have been given this information and we're just not aware of it. But they don't say, like, all they do is read the inscription that just says Deggie and Janie E, and she says the last name Jones. Right. So, again, right. she could have been given that information. But I don't know. It feels more it feels more authentic than I think I, f- I don't know. I just, I just want to know what the purpose would be. That's all. Sure. <laughs> I guess it would help if we knew anything about Diane outside if, if of. If we knew anything about anything. It would probably be super helpful. (laughs) So true. But I mean, my first watch that did feel genuine. And I was like, oh, shit, Diane's got to like, whoa, her sister is Janie E. This is how she's connected to all this. But then obviously, once we find out Tulpa, everything else, I'm that's why now I'm like, all right, well, this is where the suspicion starts to set in. The susness. But the susness. Right. But you're right, though. I mean. It's so up in the because really there's also it's so up in the air. Yeah, and there's also part of me that's like, okay, I know that like Janie E is very specific, but she said that's a nickname. She said her name is Jane, and Jane and Douglas are not, you know, super rare names. In fact, there's 23 Douglas Jones <laughs> in the Las Vegas area. So what if Diane, like, what if real Diane legitimately has a half sister right. named Jane, and it's not. It's not Janie and Deggie. It has nothing to do with them. Like, that could also be a possibility in this universe. Doubles and Absolutely. all. Absolutely. Okay. That shot through the trees as we're walking towards Jackrabbit's palace, that's got to be the same. Like, that to me looks the same as when Mr. C is going above the convenience store and walking to the motel. Yeah, or to Philip Jeffrey's much- room, essentially. Right. To the teapot. To the tea party. Yeah. To the tea party, yeah. yeah. Except this yeah. one's just in the daylight and Mr. C's is at night. Like, I can see that, yeah. The humming coming from the furnace at the Great Northern, that's the same door that Coop opens in part 17. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and then now to talk about Judy, the forbidden, <sighs> the forbidden subject. Let's all talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. Well, I just want to say this, that on our episode with Talking Backwards and Take the Ring, I proposed the idea that Judy was the evil that women do. And maybe that's true, but I don't know that we can actually fully extrapolate that from the return. Like, it's just honestly not the same as the evil that we see men do in, as Dave would call it, the normal Twin Peaks. Right, right. Like, okay, we have 119 woman. We have Sarah. We have Diane. All characters kind of doing shady things, but like, 119 woman has a serious fucking problem that is being ignored, right? That she's not getting help for, that I think is a good commentary on social safety structures and, you know, social and mental health care and all that kind of stuff. Sarah, take away all the supernatural shit and she's suffering from immense Incredible trauma. trauma. Yeah. Uh, and Diane's a fucking tulpa. So... I don't know. I kind of am clapping back at myself <laughs> in this statement here because, like, uh-huh. I just don't know that that's necessarily true from based on what we see. Uh, and I and- think I think this came to me in this episode because, yes, I said this. Sarah takes it to a point that is excessive by murdering that man. But sh- self-defense, honestly, like, yeah. get the fuck so away from me. She's being harassed. Yeah. Yeah. I've always found this particular I don't want to say argument but com- yeah, conversation is good about Judy and uh what is it meant to be because I mean just like everything in Twin Peaks it's it's incredibly layered of course For sure. but I also I understand what you're saying because the more that I the more times I watch the more things I pick up on the more things that I continue to think about you know um but only because we've had these conversations with yeah. other people, yeah. you know, and their points of views, point of views, whatever, you know what I mean? You know, as well, taking all of that in really does start to change the way, uh, you know, that I view it as well, because agreed, I I always thought and found it to be the right way of this being the, you know, the evil that women do. But look at what we're being given from a woman's perspective in the return, especially not just with the characters that we just talked about. Becky, Becky's in an abusive relationship. Right. And she's acting erratic, but it's because she's just, I mean, you know, she's, she's lost in her life. Look at Shelly. It's very similar to Sarah. Like she should not have shot a gun into that door, but look at the abusive situation that she's in. Yes. Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, even with Shelly, too, like trying to be a good mother. We're talking about mother figures here, right? Yes. Being a good mother to Becky, but also enabling her a bit because we find out that she's lending her money. She's kind of always bailing her out, right? And yeah, so it's a very interesting take when we really start to break down what's happening with the women in Twin Peaks. Mm -hmm. And what would you actually call that because I I'm with you on this I don't know if it's necessarily quote-unquote the evil as much as it's an encompass of of a woman's point of view of life and is it is it hard some of these things yes sure right evil I don't know 
That's I mean, the, we can even I'm look to, to Carrie later on. There is a dead man on her couch, but we have no idea. First of all, it might not even be real. Second of all, we have no idea how she even got to this situation. Like, it could be another abusive situation. It could be any number of things. But yeah, mm-hmm. I just, I think if we dig deeper and if we look at the kind of things that, like, Ben Horn was doing in normal Twin Peaks, or, you know, even if it wasn't Leland's consciousness, but still Bob is still positioned as a male figure. I mean, honestly, fuck gender. Like, this okay. whole this yeah. whole thing, I think, also gets under my skin because it's like, are we really just going to settle into this binary in Twin Peaks, even though Twin Peaks, two doubles, blah, blah, two. blah. Yep. But I think also we can allow the return to take us out of that binary because of the um, focus on three as well. Like, mm-hmm. so let's stop talking about the evil that men and women do and just like evil in general evil. or like the the wrongdoings of people or, you know. I don't know. But to me, just what Sarah, what somebody like Sarah or what somebody like Diane is doing is just not, it can't, it can't be one for one compared to the shitty things that like Ben Horn, Jacques Renault, Leo, like it's just not the same. I'm, I agree. I do. I fully agree. And I think it's been easy to attach gender to the entities of Judy and Bob. Mm-hmm. Because of what we've seen these entities in the situation of. Obviously, I mean, you know, yes. Bob has inhabited a, a male body. Yeah. Um, and then what we presume or assume or believe to be Judy is something that is birthing, even though it is in an odd way, right? Birthing out something which is associated to mother and which is associated to female um gender. But I'm with you on it being non-binary because at the end of the day it's it's just evil right in what form it's yes. taking not necessarily if it's a specific gender role right mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's just evil as an over-encompassing view and um i think where the gender roles probably come into play is how they're portrayed or viewed upon as a society and also the reactions that come from what we see an evil uh, the evil that a man does and what we're seeing the evil of what could you know a woman does and i'm using all that you know loosely right like yeah the perception and the way that it's viewed in society um i think it speaks i think it speaks actually a lot higher than than what we've probably been giving it credit to Agreed. Um, and and that's part I'm of really why, that. yeah, that's part of why I wanted to call myself out for it because looking back, you know, it just, it feels very basic what I boiled everything down to. And that was for a podcast conversation where we had to, you know, all of us were tasked with like, well, who do you think Judy is or what is Judy? We right. had to come up with a response. It is what it is, but I just don't think it's that easy. It's it's just not that black and white. It's not right. cut and dry. Yeah. It, yeah I yeah. mean, yeah, because again, the underlying theme there is evil. It's just how it's presenting itself in that moment. So with quote unquote Judy, it's presenting itself in a motherly female type yes. figure. And I don't think uh, that we should ignore the fact that normal Twin Peaks is very father patriarchal heavy, whereas the return mm-hmm. is very matriarchal mother heavy. Like that is clear. Sure. But yeah. But evil is evil. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Love That's that. all I've got. Yeah, I didn't really, I mean, have 
much. I didn't want to go too much, obviously, into the Audrey thing, but I wrote those lyrics down specifically because when we do get the Audrey episode, she is clearly doing her Audrey dance. Right. And she is shrouded in a light in the middle of the dance floor. So I think that's why I was so emotional, especially like really listening to those lyrics because it was like dancing, you know, talking about dancing in the moon, like, you know, in the firelight and the way fire is such a, a predominant or prominent you yeah. know, theme in this and just really felt a lot of even though she was not in the episode at mm-hmm. all just very Audrey heavy for me for sure um, yeah her presence is felt yeah well if that's all for this week hey who do you think that is there where over there it looks like they're possessed by an owl who Have you ever eaten moldy chocolate? The tardigrade? I'm Jasmine. I swear on Satan, I'll do that. Yeah. That's uh, my head cannon. Okay. Into it, into it, into it, into it. All of it. I'm Mel's. I love it. Dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and if you're watching TV, I love it. Make sure it's damn fine TV. This is amazing. That's, that was awesome. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. <laughs>